Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 289, episode 3 of The Daily Zeitgeist! Yeah! Hey, production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Thursday, June 1st, 2023. Ooh. It's Gemini season. Gemini season. Get those, what does it say, like split personalities? That's I what think the so. Gemini is. You got two, you yeah. got two sides. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, hey, Jack, I just want to say. Looking great today because it's National Say Something Nice Day. It's also National Hazelnut Cake Day. It's Global Day of Parents. Shout out all the parents out there. And also for me, National Go Barefoot Day because I seldom wear shoes unless I have to. World Re- Reef Awareness Day, World Milk Day, Pen Pal Day, Nail Polish Day, Heimlich Maneuver Day. It's hey, all happening. Shout out to the Heimlich Maneuver. Yeah. That's a that's a good I, I don't remember if it was Radio Lab or This American Life, but it was like one of those good formative podcasts, nonfiction podcasts where they like run through the history of the Heimlich maneuver and it was like, Yeah, man, people when they choke when they were choking in a restaurant before, you were just like, ah, you're there he goes. die, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. And then, like, the Heimlich thing came in, like, mid-20th century or so, and I think into, like, the 60s, 70s era, and and then he was, like, on the all the late-night shows and stuff, being like, guys, this is going to save so many lives, and wow. sure enough, but then he kind of let the power go to his head and destroy him. Anyways, by no. the way... Really? Yeah, I know. Do you believe it? Gemini season starts May 21st. Okay. Ends June 21st. So we've been in Gemini. We've been in it. Okay. I shout out to all the Gemini. It is the my my attraction to the the number of Geminis that the world throws in my life mm. is the one thing that makes me believe in. The last like few people that I dated 
were yeah then the gemini cancer zone like it's these next two because mm. cancer's next right after i think so yeah it's i think like, that's right yeah, yeah. so and summer birthday leo leo uh my name's jack o'brien <laughs> aka i have to build a dam because i'm a beaver a beaver <laughs> that is courtesy of yo bro on the discord who said heard the guys talking about making up words for kids songs in the intro today my eight-year-old recently came up with this to the tune of imagine dragons believer uh, which is by the way the most popular song with children in that age range like my five and seven-year-old are real dragon heads imagine heads i don't know what they're called but anyways yeah, so shout out to you. Uh, shout out to the young Weird Al Yankovics out there. My kids are in, in a phase where they like fart songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Songs made songs. of that use the fart as a primary instrument. I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles Gray, a.k.a. Plumpus Babe, Plumpus Babe, Plumpus Babe. Your thighs are a one in a million. They go on and on and on. You give me a really plump feeling Ooh. all long. Okay, shout out to Dopa Mailman on the Discord. Shout out to the Queen, Aaliyah. Rest in peace. Love a yeah. one in a million, a.k.a. Oh, I love it. I love it. I was on Francesca Fiorentini's podcast, Bituation Room, yesterday, yeah. which is a, like a live stream. Somebody came on and said they were there for my plumpers. And it was like right after I had jumped off and she was scandalized <laughs> and did not know what that meant and was grossed out. And just a just a word. To, did you even tell people you're going to be on Bituation Room? Uh, or maybe probably Francesca did because she actually yeah. she promotes the guests. Yeah, because I was curious. I'm like, did someone just like I'm I'm on Plump Watch? I totally forgot I was going to be on it until we started recording <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> like, I, go I, I was I like, go. oh. Anyways, Miles, little yeah. housekeeping up top. For the first time in the history of this show, we're trying a new publication schedule for yes. the summer. We're gonna be doing a mere eight episodes a week Meager we're gonna try offerings. some new episode <laughs> formats out some expert episodes we're gonna uh, hear from some listeners talk with some of you guys so that will be the new format will be tuesday morning's episode uh there will be one episode on friday one episode on monday but yeah, and we're we're still taking anything you anything interesting you can tell us about your job. We, yeah, we've gotten a lot of us. great. Yeah, oh, we man. got people who worked at CERN. We got <laughs> we've got some really smart, impressive, interesting and listeners. To the, to the point, I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to talk to them. They're gonna fucking make me feel dumb as fuck. Yeah, yeah. No, that that person will not. The the person who worked at CERN will not be on the podcast. There's also people with like really boring sounding jobs, but who have really interesting things to say about. Them. Yeah, so, that's all. That's all the point. That's the to point. The listeners. Yeah, holler at us. All right, Miles. We are thrilled to be joined yes. by a brilliant journalist, storyteller, CEO, mm -hmm. podcast host whose most recent show, Silence the Radio Murders, can be found everywhere fine podcasts are. Please welcome back to the show, Oz Velashen! Thank you. Thank you so much, Jack and Wales. Very nice to be back. It's, oh, it's wonderful you. to have you. Great to have you. Where are you coming to us from, Oz? I am coming into you from the JV Soho house, which is called Soho Works. It's a co-working <laughs> space with a Soho house branding. But a we work uh, way of life. Oh, and I love so, that. So uh, 
there's quite a lot of activity around me, so I hope there's no audio bleed, as we say in the industry. Did you say you're coming into us from? Is that a Britishism? <laughs> or was I, I that feel like, like that's. A... <laughs> I feel like that's what they always said it on on news broadcasts back back oh, okay. into the day. Coming into you from it does sound a bit lewd. Now you mentioned yeah, it. it sounds <laughs> awesome. I love it. I Sorry. wish that was an American thing too. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We were just talking about Soho House. Soho Happy House memories. works, which is like their WeWork, but fancier, I guess, than WeWork. Exactly. What's like the membership annually to like Soho House? Was it like no like twenty thousand, forty thousand? What is it? More than that? Like the global domination plans. It's funny. I was um, with an Italian friend, and Soho Soho House has belatedly opened in Rome, and everyone in Italy is very excited. And they have a global no nuts policy in Soho House because of nut allergies. And apparently now it's becoming very chic at parties in Rome not to serve nuts because that's what happens at Soho House. Wow. That's the influence. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Quite amazing. Let's see. If you got the all houses option and you say you use the main Which you need, Soho Mark. house. Yeah, you got to you got to go everywhere. Like what? I'm going to be in Rome this weekend for a night and I'm not going to stop at the Soho house? <laughs> Are you Come under on. 27? That's a question. Annual cost? Oh, $4,899. Huh. Not e- I hasten to add for Soho yeah. works. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, I'm just, it's always funny to see because, like, every time I've I've been to, like, the Soho house in L.A. for, like, an industry thing, I'm always amazed at the people. I'm like, wait, people are paying money to, to be here? Like, yeah, in dude. here? Okay, okay. I mean, I get it because it's so industry, like, it's so tapped in. Like, I know that L.A. people are like, they just want to be up in it wherever. But got to say, it just feels like, uh, I don't know. Like you know that person. anecdote I always tell about Tom Cruise coming up the stairs while I'm coming down and he's just like hovering like a mm-hmm. vampire above the stairs. He just like seems to be off the ground like his height is not the thing you notice. The thing you notice is that he uh, he like moves around like Dr. Manhattan with right, just right. like sheer charisma. <laughs> that happened at a Soho house. I don't belong to the Soho house, but I know people who do. That's and where you I, see things like that's that. where you see shit like that. Oh, wow. It costs so much more if you're under 27. Okay. They treat it like a rental car. They're like, if you're under 27, we don't want you in our exclusive. Yeah. Plot. What do they think's going to happen? <laughs> that you're going to piss all over the furniture because you're a baby. <laughs> that That is going to happen, actually. Uh, would have for me as a 27-year-old. Oz, you have a new show about murders that happened in the 80s in Miami. Not surprisingly, cocaine, not far away from it. The CIA. <laughs> But what can you tell us a little bit about about the show? What interested you about this story? Yeah, so the show is called Silence the Radio Murders, and it's about the unsolved murders of four radio DJs or radio journalists, in fact, in Miami in the early 90s. And what's kind of interesting is that all of the crimes were treated basically individually, and the victims were perhaps predictably smeared as being involved in drugs, um, which they weren't. They were all Haitian exiles who'd moved to Miami fleeing the Duvalier regime. And the killings happened at this incredibly hopeful moment for Haiti when they had their first ever democratically elected president in 1991. And these guys in Miami were using their radio shows to promote this president, Aristide, to raise money for him, to mobilize the community. And then they got murdered one by one. And in the meantime, there was a military coup that overthrew Aristide. The military figures who led the coup, it turned out later, were all on the payroll of the CIA at the time. 
and also major narco traffickers. And the radio guys in Miami were calling this out on the airwaves when they got killed. So I read a report that my co-host Anna Arana wrote about the crimes in the early 90s, where she called for a federal investigation, where she said this is basically an outrage. And I called her up and I said, whatever happened? And she said, nothing. (laughs) So we started working on this podcast together. That, yeah, it's just when listening to it, like it's there are those tragedies of history when the people are, you know, fighting for human rights and, you know, trying to speak out in favor of justice and they get killed and the killer's goal is just like achieved like they're, they're silenced and they get forgotten, forgotten. And like we, we've seen that a lot in the U.S. with people like Fred Hampton and, you know, Malcolm X and who are killed before they're able to have like the massive impact they surely would have. And yeah, it, it's wild that you you found an example like that that is just still unsolved, which I guess that's also the case with Fred Hampton and Malcolm X. But yeah. And this yeah. is a small community. I mean, this is Little Haiti in Miami, which at the time had about 60,000 people. So if you kill four of the most vocal of those 60,000 and no one is brought to justice, it unfortunately, it yeah. works. And what's particularly bitter is I would say the, the, the guy Fritz Dorr, who was kind of the leader of this group, who was uh, the second person to be killed, he'd actually fled Haiti on a boat because he'd won this national competition to be a school principal but he refused to accept his award on stage with baby Dr. Valier and basically had to flee. He was on a boat for 14 days. Over, He arrived on December 26th, I think. The boat was almost smashed to pieces by a storm. He got to Miami and he thought, okay, well, I have to leave my family behind, I have to leave everything behind, but at least here I can speak freely and call out you know, the reasons why I had to leave. And of course, he was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, the, it, it's a it's a pretty bracing kind of portrait of like what it's like to live under dictatorship and like there there's a part where like baby docs like henchmen just show up like start appearing in miami and everyone's like oh fuck <laughs> oh no. yeah, yeah 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 i mean it's like he best. has like literal henchmen like right. uh, like foot soldiers yeah yeah they were basically spies and they they compiled this thing evocatively known as the black book which had the names of the most vocal enemies of the regime in Miami. And it was reported back to to Haiti and, you know, go figure. Wow. The CIA. think, yeah, they they had a hand in uh, that, huh? Especially, I mean, like, when you look at the history of Haiti, of, like, you know, the the, like one of the the only place to, like, sort of liberate themselves and then the backlash that's happened in the form of, like, just financial terror. Uh, Yeah, I'm like, oh, and the CIA. Okay, yeah, they're also part of that to sort of uh, maintain that. Yeah. That pain campaign. Yeah. All right, Oz, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. The Republicans are mad at Kevin McCarthy for refusing to destroy the economy and like a bunch of jobs and stuff because it's, that would they have don't, been good for a presidential election. They don't know what a default is, but they like the word. That's one thing I've gathered. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, should have default. They're defaulting on the default, and that's we the true default. default. Yeah. yeah. So okay. my default here is that we should be defaulting. So we'll uh-huh. we'll just talk about the the fallout from the potential deal. Taylor Swift concerts are causing mass amnesia, apparently. This <laughs> <laughs> is just a, a weird story that I as somebody who has suffered from like 
I don't know, like weird little bit bouts of memory loss, especially in the past like five, seven years. Th- this was really interesting to me because there's like psychology today articles about like what could be the cause of this oh, and fuck. how memory works. And a lot of the ways that they're saying memory works is not like what I what I was taught. So it in it has nothing to do with her fans trying to like memory hole like that. She's with Matt Healy. Maddie no, it seems like it that. has more to do with them the concert like itself being so blissed out oh, by the shit. concert that they can't truly like the great, the best. This all might be a viral marketing stunt for the Taylor Swift tour. <laughs> it's so good. You won't remember. <laughs> it's so good. You're, it will obliterate your frontal lobe or yeah. whichever lobe stores memories. Uh, we're going to talk about 83-year-old sex machine Al Pacino is expecting a new baby. Oh, no. I, I have a loose theory about the the Pacino Pacino De Niro Pacino I like the Pacino I ship them that's yeah. my loose theory I ship them I want them <laughs> to be together uh, no the like they're competitive with each other and that's why he's having a baby at eighty three because De Niro just had a baby right we were that's just the whole theory about basically that. no okay all of that plenty more but first Oz we do like to ask our guests what is something from your search history. Well, I recently got married to hey, a, uh, thank you so much, Congrats. to a German woman. And so I've been trying to learn German. I do weekly, an hour a week on Zoom. And so my German teacher said, I think you're ready to graduate from ABCs. And, and so she instructed me to Google Deutsche Krimis, which means oh. uh, German crime mysteries. And so I ordered a German crime mystery book for beginners and excitedly tore it open from the Amazon packaging and then unfortunately couldn't understand a single word. So it was a very disappointing experience. (laughs) You're like, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, I'm ready for the big leagues now. Sadly not, but uh, but, uh, hopefully one day I'll be able to understand my crime. Do you start with like teenage like like young adult crime novels when like you're learning a new language are they like all right here is the equivalent of like judy bloom you're gonna need big words like the font size to be big and the words to be small embarrassingly these are actually made for beginner german learners so i should really be able to understand it but it was (laughs) was a truly devastatingly (laughs) underwhelming experience of encounter with my language skills yeah (laughs) I, I just I love the like the enthusiasm like yes here we go we're gonna yeah, get, yeah, yeah. I, I've graduated I'm totally get this and you're like eine Nacht in yeah, yeah. Munich oh no <laughs> yeah. exactly I was like I was like I don't really understand any of the vocabulary she's like that's okay if you have to if you have to look up like one in every ten words and I was like nah it's more like one in every two <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> sobbing over the book right now because I'm yeah, so exactly. disheartened yeah. <laughs> But I'm looking forward to the memory yeah. memory conversation because apropos neuroplasticity, it's definitely much harder than it was in high school. Is one one thing I've uh, I've learned about learning oh, languages. Because yeah. you're oh, yeah. you're a polyglot, aren't you? Are you bilingual? Not a polyglot at all, no. But I, I learned French Bi- and Spanish in high school, and it was okay. definitely way way easier. Yo oh, French bien. and Spanish, yeah. <laughs> 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 Je también. <laughs> yeah, or, like the, the, or in Southern California, the, yo Tambi. <laughs> Tambi. <laughs> yo Tambi. Brother. What is something you think is overrated? Well, I was I was racking my brains on this and and uh and actually, Miles, your comment about wearing shoes really resonated with me. I, I actually hate wearing shoes. And there you um, go. I was reminded being in this last bowl at Soho Works of a I used to work for a branding and strategy agency and um I, I we had a meeting that I thought went quite well and then um 
my boss called me into a a one-on-one huddle afterwards, which I wasn't sure what the message was going to be. But he was like, we all saw you, including the clients, carrying your shoes around outside the meeting room. Uh, Please, (laughs) please at work, always keep your shoes on. I was like, you know what? Very embarrassing, but probably fair enough. Wait, so were you going like sockless, like full on? No, no, I had feet? socks. I had red socks, which is a, a terrible British habit. And just, just thinking I was, you know, nice low key, care in the world, bright red wandering socks. around, <laughs> that one hand, shoes I mean, in the other. Which <laughs> I feel like, I've like, I, I guess sometimes when yeah, I'll take my shoes off. I've been in that place. I'm like, get these fucking shoes off. And then like, I'll walk to like the office kitchen in like my socks. And I, but the only time I remember getting in, I, cause I've been in a similar situation for like, you're not wearing shoes. I'm like, you act like I'm in bare feet. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's different. It's different. It's different. I'm at least respecting, yeah. like I'm having some kind of foot covering on. I just don't like the structure of my shoe and it's more comfortable. So please leave me alone. And I'll go back into my yeah. office and look at Reddit. That's one of the uh, the always that was articles every summer, which is like, what's the correct etiquette on the airplane based on the frontline experience of the cabin attendant or host or hostess? And right. uh, the advice is always you're allowed to take your shoes off, but not your socks. But you have to take your shoes back on before you go to the bathroom, which I'm I'm um, I'm I'm often oh, yeah. <laughs> keen <Don't>... to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to wear towels on your feet to go into a bathroom. That's yeah. what I look. That's what a sock becomes at that point. But yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like looking. There's a fly flying around here, and I'm. Oh, trying I thought to, like, there was a bird in the miles. <laughs> nah, I'm about to shit, Clyde yeah. Fraser this motherfucker. Like I'm like just catch, catch it this real shit, slow, shake, shake it, it around in your hand, then release just, it. Just release yeah. it back in the room and let it start all over again. But. Yeah. No, like, I am a uh, big shoes on energy just for everyone that I have ugly feet that smell bad. Okay. So I've always kept my shoes on and I've always looked upon people who just sit down on an airplane and take their shoes off with wonder and awe. <laughs> well, my shit smell good. So I don't. That's I'm great. Ne- I'm never in- uncasing some stinky feet. Uh, I'll keep the socks on because it's cold on the airplane. Like people who go bare feet in the fucking plane. No, that's a violation. I will say that that is a violation, an FAA violation. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I cleared out an entire dorm floor in a basketball camp when I was like twelve years old with like my my socks. Oh no! Like people, that happened to a, like yo, five, like the other wing of the dorm. They that's were like, so funny. What is that shit? That happened to me in fifth grade. Not me, but a kid in my school. We went to this like camp, and like we were in these dorms, and. His shoes smelled so fucking bad. Like, yeah. everyone lost their minds, and it kind of turned into, like, a low-key bullying thing. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yo, this motherfucker beast and, what... and it was like, <laughs> he cried and shit. And I remember like, ah, oh, damn, I'm glad my feet don't smell, because that's how they get you. Yeah. It was de- definitely formative, and that's why I wear boots to bed. <laughs> when I sleep, I keep, keep my boots on. I know. That's I remember when we were on tour once. You're like, hey, do you have, a, like, some garbage bags and duct tape? And I'm like, <laughs> for what? <laughs> I yeah, Get I will it. frequently even if you're in a hotel with like the little the windows that only open a crack. I will hang my socks out the <laughs> window. I've Get the lost foot spray. Yeah. Get the foot spray because I no, I, I do, I like go, and they're actually know? not that bad okay, anymore. Right. It's just, but I I'm pretty self conscious about it. Right, but the the pain has already the trauma has already the occurred. Pain so there's is no, there. The pain is there. Yeah. Oz, what's something you think is underrated? Well, I think this will be music to the ears of our. Uh, 
overlords at iHeartRadio, but I'm going to say broadcast radio. <laughs> um, oh, no. For real. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, because AM radio brought the rise of the far right in America. Or when I'm well, sorry, that, what? Well, that, 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 is, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is probably sadly true. But, um, but on the other hand, the transistor radio in Latin America, I think, was a big driver of, of, of different leftist revolutions. And in Haiti, radio was absolutely huge, remains huge. And so when these victims of these crimes arrived in Miami, it was kind of interesting because there were these brokered radio stations where different like communities could basically buy airtime by the hour. And so you would have like a cookout or, you know, whatever else. And these Haitian arrivals basically started buying airtime and using the airtime to play music and stuff, but also to report on what was going on in their community in Miami, which was completely overlooked by all of the mainstream news outlets, and also to call out the abuses and what was going on at home in Haiti. And so it's pretty cool just, I mean, obviously it had a very tragic ending, but the idea of being able to take this like mass media tool into your hands and, and turn it into a weapon was kind of cool. And literally one of the sources said, you know, they had the guns, but we had the microphones. And so mm-hmm. I was pretty inspired by just hearing about how this exile community found the only broadcast and communication technology available to them and used it as a tool to organize and to call out abuses and stuff. So, yeah, I was thought it was, I learned a lot about the history of radio reporting the show and um, some inspiring stuff in there alongside the, uh, obviously, hellish uh, hellscape of uh, AM radio and conservative talk, which... Yeah, uh, why is it all conservative shit in the US? Do you have theories on that after doing the reporting on like how how it operates in other countries? I guess conservatives must just love that crackling uh, crackling of the AM dial. No, it's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, I think it's, you know, I guess the conservative answer may be something like it was hard to get booked on mainstream media before Fox. And so like AM radio was the only place they could be. And in fact, I think it wasn't like somebody was i think i think i read something maybe it was when i was preparing to come on your show last time when you got sick jack but it was about was it tucker or somebody else complaining about how electric cars didn't have am radio dials and this was seen as an assault on conservative yeah, values that was something recent, uh, which yeah. obviously i don't think is the reason they, <laughs> they don't have am radios right. uh, in electric in electric vehicles but it's but it's 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 a very you know cheap and efficient communication mechanism and yeah i guess one way you can reach an audience without having to like participate in any system yeah right and i think the other thing is that like am radio lends itself to like the call-in style like talk Mm -hmm, radio whereas fm doesn't and that is like like those dynamics like just in the market of it just it becomes a completely different animal yeah you know, like that's like why you get Rush Limbaugh and like that whole that whole kind of thing. We're just like you you're now doing this whole you're performing for just a gigantic audience constantly rather than like being Casey Kasem popping in between like hits. The leftists are also not frequently booked in mainstream media and also 100%. disenfranchised. And yeah, yeah it'll be no, it's an interesting question. If, I mean, I guess yeah. democracy, democracy now is a radio call in show, but I don't know if that's AM or FM. Amy Goodman. That's yeah. FM. FM. Yeah. yeah, yeah. NPR, I guess, might be the sad answer to the question of, you know. What, but it was what, interesting. At the time, they were, they were both, they were like pro-military and anti-military radio stations. And the anti-military radio stations were way more popular 
and yeah. the anti-military broadcasters actually like successfully organized a boycott and got the pro-military broadcasters taken off the AM dial in Miami. And yeah. that's when things really started to go like into overdrive and like they were getting death threats called into their radio shows and people turning up with guns. And so like there was really a battle for control over the airwaves in Miami, which which unfortunately turned uh, yeah turned physical. Yeah. Yeah. In America when you try and do a leftist radio station like the hosts get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like <laughs> right no there's like tom hartman who like has like a progressive radio show has like been he's, yeah he writes constantly about how like like the left needs to have a, a comparable tool because it's just the you know am radio talk radio is completely dominated by those conservative yeah. radios and when they do they just think it's like interviewing people which right. is completely different than what like concert like what talk radio is yeah right so yeah, yeah. interesting well, somebody who works for like an iHeart Radio or something should do something about that. <laughs> I mean, right now, I think all we got are the podcasts. <laughs> We're carving true. out our little fucking nook right now. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about the news. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. And we're back. And so it seems like McCarthy might have the votes 
to push the the deal through to raise the debt ceiling, avoid a catastrophic default. And, you know, but the far right is is trying to apply pressure in their own way. They're really I mean, I think there's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, when you look at what's going on with Kevin McCarthy, because, you know, he gave a lot away to become the speaker. If you remember, like, no, like, remember how many times they had to vote? And it was like, nah, nah. And then he kept going around. And he was like, please, man, what do you want? Like, I'll fucking do anything. I'm just like, you can be speaker for a day, whatever. And so one of the big things that, like, you know, that he sort of gave as an assurance to the conservatives, especially in the House Freedom Caucus, we're like, you're going to work with Joe Brandon. And we hate that. Is he's like, hey, look, if I if I run a foul, you guys can trigger a vote of no confidence and you can you can have me. You know, just get me out of here, whatever you want to do. Um, so just keep that in mind as all as we talk about all of this. So they're really losing it. And what's really interesting is that, you know, they a lot of the Republicans are talking about the default in, in a way that they don't think that eventually it's going to be experienced by all people in the United States. Like they think it's just like an optics thing that if Joe Biden loses, then like, oh, it's great. Rather than like the real consequences of like doubling the unemployment rate or people's stonks going fucking poof. But you know what? Donald Trump told them that default was good. And I just want to play this this uh, little clip from Chip Roy, uh, you know, from the Freedom Caucus. And the logic Forgotten here. Member of succession. Chip yes. Roy. Yeah, Chip yeah. Roy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's Connor's other brother who they didn't really talk about much. He just I just want to play this for you because his whole thing is like saying, like, we can't do this deal because Donald Trump said no. And mm. that's about it. But just listen for yourself, because. And he has no idea. I guess he's completely divorced from the reality of what default means for the economy. President Trump said he thought we should default rather than pursue this kind of lunacy. At the end of the day, the only person that would default in this town is Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. unless Republicans default on the American dream by voting for this bad bill. That is why this group will oppose it. We will continue to fight it today, tomorrow. And no matter what happens, there's going to be a reckoning about what just occurred unless we stop this bill by tomorrow. Mm. Um, the only person that's going to default is Joe Biden. Is, what is really he... interesting. Because, hmm. again, they're playing fucking hot potato with a fucking ticking economic time bomb. And they're like, right. and then he'll have it, and then poof, it's all on him. But again, that was a lot of really cool use of the word default, but it was actually <laughs> just a wonderful tossed word salad for all to enjoy. And many of the Freedom Caucus members are doing everything they can to try and tank the bill. But it seems that McCarthy has the votes. So now, like, they're just trying to poison the well as much as possible or have these, like, really low-energy attacks. Let me play another one from South Carolina's Ralph Norman, who I think is admitting that he is unable to actually read. The written work, I believe, is what he's trying to say with this appearance on Fox News. So he's going to come in, talk his biggest criticism right now, aside from we shouldn't be working with Joe Biden, is that it's just too long. Like, it's such a big bill and we don't have (laughs) enough time to read it. Keep in mind, like the like other bills have been in the thousands of pages and he's going to get fact checked a little bit here on like why he's like, this is way this is there's no way we can vote on this because all he's trying to say is we can't vote on this, but has the worst you know, logical excuse here. The negotiated bill that we hadn't even read. Uh, it's like the Pelosi days. You got to pass it before you can read it. Uh, this needs but he, to be But he debated. is giving you 72 hours to consider it before you're asked to vote on it. Uh, Pelosi that's didn't because, do that. 
Pelosi didn't do that, and that's what the part of the 20 of us that did in January, we got that. But mm-hmm. really, for this seriousness, serious of a bill mm-hmm. affecting uh, the dollars that it is and the financial security, which is national security, we ought to have a lot more time. Uh, and I think the date it's only 99 ought to be pages. <laughs> it's only 99 huh? pages, not, not the 2,000 plus that the uh, Affordable Care Act was. Well, and yeah, the uh, one of the Biden bills was four uh, four thousand one hundred and eighty pages uh, that we had less to, time to read. All right, I'll, he I'll, just I'll, fell asleep mid sentence. I'm gonna bail you out there, Ralph yeah. Norman. It's again, uh, but I love the the duality of like holding so many of these thoughts to be true. On one end, it's like, yeah, fuck it, default, because yeah. that'll fucking make Joe Biden look bad. But also, like, but this is like with the severity, the seriousness of the financials and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, which one is it? Does it not fucking matter if you default or is it that you have to read the bill because everything is so important? Again, that's just where they are because all they need is some kind of financial crisis to win in 2024. That's their entire strategy right now is some kind of crisis because it can't just be us saying we don't believe in body autonomy. Right. I wonder if they're still count- counting on their friends in uh, in Saudi to... Uh to cut the oil production for the for the gas prices that's the yeah exactly yeah. there's i mean there's a few different levers but at the end of the day it's not going to be because they changed their policies or their platform it's like make everything so untenable that they have to say yes to fascism i think that's kind of the playbook they're trying to run but again here's the funny part though is that like now with all of this like outrage it's possible a lot of people are talking about like maybe we do fucking vote kevin mccarthy out as as speaker which would be so funny because he wanted so badly to be speaker. And then he would probably become like come begging to Hakeem Jeffries in, as the as the Democratic minority leader to be like, can you give me some votes so I can be the speaker? In which case, oh, it's just going to be it's just going to be, be total speaker. chaos. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that that smile on his face when he won after like the 20th time. And it's yeah. just like, well, <laughs> this smile will not last for very long. So <laughs> turn that. No, unfortunately. <laughs> Because, yeah, yeah, he's, he's out here, down. yeah, like praising Joe Biden and stuff. And the Republicans just can't absolutely just can't stomach it. Meanwhile, like all the progressives in the Democratic Party are also like, man, fuck this bill. So, uh, yeah. But I think right now, most of the attention is going on Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. All right. Well, well deserved. Let's speaking of smile on their face. Let's talk about Taylor Swift. Her concerts are sweeping the nation uh everybody's excited on social media and they're so excited they're apparently suffering from mass amnesia because some taylor swift fans are reportedly attending taylor swift concerts and then have no memory of the event afterwards it's called (laughs) by people on social media not by the medical community (laughs) Uh, it's called they're calling it post-concert amnesia so what what are people saying that they're just like they're like are they truly like I don't know what happened. Yeah, one person claimed that if it hadn't been for a video of her at the show, she would have told everyone that it didn't happen. Another person said she had spent so long dreaming about what it would be like to see the singer in person. She later claimed she couldn't grasp what was reality. It's hard to put together what you actually witness. Wow. So I don't know. Has she like has Taylor Swift? Someone I've seen the. God. The like so there was a tweet that was like one of my tweets of the day that was like comparing the like stage design to the really complicated shirts from season two of I think you should leave <laughs> Dan flashes <laughs> yeah Dan flashes really super complicated pat- shirt patterns yeah they're more expensive I, th- 
Yeah, the more expensive because the patterns are so complicated. And like mm-hmm. her stage design looks pretty complicated. So I don't know if she's like done something that has like, I've, ne- I've never heard someone say it's hard to put together what you actually witness right. before. I, is it? Because like part of me is thinking like one version is like hyperbole from fans to talk about how amazing it was. That right. you, you're like literally, I don't even know what happened. It was so magical. But like, are there actual people like, no, I'm actually worried. Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is yeah. it more like on that level? Or is it more like, it was such a dream. Like, I don't know if I was just out of body or whatever. Or I guess, or they're saying like, it's hard for me to specifically even call back something from the concert. I know I was there, but that's about it. After that, I just went into an absolute dream state. If the CIA were to align itself <laughs> with an artist, I feel like that would probably be the correct, like that would be the choice. Taylor oh, Swift, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I think yeah. so. But it's a little, I mean, if the idea is that it's such a transporting and extremely magical experience that you're literally not able to perform memories, it makes it a little disappointing that I've certainly never, I don't think I've ever experienced that. I've definitely been <laughs> drunk enough that I don't remember what happened right, in college. Right. But, um, but the idea that has such a transcendent experience that you can't remember it kind of makes you wonder, like, what am I, I'm missing out on the on the highs of life by not being a big Taylor stan. Now I'm getting like FOMO because like I've seen artists that I've absolutely obsessed over yeah, and been exactly. like, I'm there, I'm gonna be front row. And I remember that shit. Like, yeah. yeah, I fucking it was magical. Like I was like, I'm here. I'm experiencing it exactly how I want to. But yeah, to your point, I was, I'm like, so is there like another level? Like another level. Another level. Like, Easter egg. Are these people just getting really drunk for the first time? <laughs> like it was crazy. I like had seven to twelve drinks, and now I get no. Uh, so according to one psychology professor, this is something that can happen when someone is in a highly emotional state. Due to exciting or distressing factors, the neurons associated with memory start firing indiscriminately, which makes forming new memories difficult, which is the opposite of like I had always heard when you're in like a heightened emotional state, you are more likely to like have a like flashbulb memory, you know, like that's that's when you have those memories that really stick because you're like have this heightened state of arousal. Don't tell that to Ron DeSantis, who's denying people from Guantanamo recognized him. Right. How are they yeah. going to remember that? It's like, I don't know, man. People remember shit in those moments. That's yeah. what I know. Some people claim not to remember parts of their own wedding is the example that they're giving. So it's like and I so I've noticed this like with being a dad, like I will look at a video that I've taken of my kids and it's. Like, like just there, I'm like, I don't remember that at <laughs> all. They? I don't remember saying those words at all. I don't remember my kids looking children? like that <laughs> because, because I'm so like, that has to do with just like, I see them every day. So like right, the, right. what they They're, look like is just what they've always looked like in my brain. But, you know, I, I think there's something there that's like missing from my understanding of memory. Cause the only thing that I had, the only interaction between memory and emotional state that I've really had room for in like the thing that I built in when I was like a teenager based on like accepted knowledge was that like scared or excited you your memory like works better so but and then really drunk your memory doesn't work those were the two things that I knew (laughs) of that could affect your memory that's my psych degree and then like there was also the stuff about you know, repressed memories of abuse or traumatic experiences. But like, 
I had always kind of, because a lot of that stuff ended up being recovered through hypnosis and like led to it with, involved in a lot of the satanic panic stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it does seem like there's a little more here where like there are forms of heightened memories or like excitement or, you know, like with my kids, it's like the love is so strong. Like my brain can't look directly. Like it's like trying to look directly at the sun or something. Your brain just like isn't big enough to take it all in is like kind of how it feels. So maybe that's what they're experiencing with Taylor Swift concerts. Maybe yeah. there's a new merch opportunity like the uh, the spinning coin in Inception that uh, could be yeah. sold to Taylor Swift fans before the concert <laughs> so they knew that they had it really here. Yeah, exactly. Because she's a master of like repackaging things they already have and be like, what about this version? It's only available for 24 hours and it has half a song on it that you haven't heard. How about that? Buy that. But yeah, yeah, maybe she does still like start selling like reality totems. It's like, if it keeps spinning, you know what's going on. Which is funny because... When you say that, Jack, the first thing I was like, well, does this happen at Beyonce concerts? Because that's the only other group of people who I feel like I get the Swifty connection. Like these people, the parasocial relationships that they have with Taylor Swift is to the next level. So like I can tell that they're already like operating in like a psychological space that might be different than other fandoms. But it's interesting because the only thing I was like, I just searched Beyonce post concert amnesia and an article just came out 10 hours ago. That oh, it's like, yeah. oh, oh, Beyonce fans also getting post-concert amnesia at Renaissance. So I'm like, is this a marketing thing? Like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? Could just be a few people on Twitter reported not being able to remember something and everybody jumped on it. But right. it, like, I, I mean, there are psychology professors and like this Psychology Today article claiming that like we folk this Psychology Today article totally does not vibe with like how i feel like my memory works they're like you focus on experiencing the world not remembering it so if people are truly living in the moment and enjoying the concert they're not necessarily doing the work of trying to make new memories it's like i don't intentionally ever make memories i'm not like oh i'm remembering this so fucking hard right now (laughs) jack you remember in you remember in right now god damn this is is good remembering (laughs) that's happening (laughs) but yeah so i don't know but like look i'm again i all i take from this is i'm actually i have fomo that i've never blacked out at a concert like that wasn't oh, chemically flat. induced. I think like that a concert for <laughs> understandable reasons. That wasn't chemically reasons. induced. <laughs> yeah. Okay? okay. That wasn't me abusing Xanax or some shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm talking about like I'm fucking levitating because I love the artist so much. And now I'm what is it, Swifties? Again, yeah. or I'm I'm part of me, like the joke the jokey side of me is like, I think they just want to forget that she's with Maddie Healy and all that that's <laughs> happening right now. Right. Yeah. Anyway. But is the concert like I guess it's hard to ask this question because you you can't really. But like, it, are people saying it's like a really great concert who aren't yeah, people, like inherently huge Taylor Swift stands? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I the people who I know who are Taylor Swift fans who have gone, I feel like everything's been so pot. Like no one is saying a bad word about it. Yeah, obviously, okay. because the tickets were so fucking expensive and hard to get. I think that's the yeah. other part of it, too, is like you're probably so stressed because you spend like a fucking mortgage payment and a half trying to get a ticket to the show. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the other thing is too, they're wearing, people are wearing uh, adult diapers to the shows. No. Yeah. yeah. Really? Because they, wow. they don't want to miss a thing. Like, there's a bunch of TikTok clips of like, 
people helping their homegirls like get into some diapers. Oh Another person was like, uh, was like taking a selfie videos. Like I'm at the show and nobody knows I have diapers on. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm you like, like one move way. back and they're clearly wearing diapers <laughs> like under their skinny jeans like yo actually yo uh, something going on with your yoga pants <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a thin blue line appear in the front <laughs> like a baby's diaper but yeah like again I I, I get that part like I I think I've told this story I peed myself at the front row of Jay-Z at Coachella a few like 10 years ago because I did not I didn't want to miss anything. And I, when I saw how far I would have to travel to go to the restroom and then fight through a fucking gigantic pit to get to where I was, I was like, no, nah, we're doing this right here. Yeah. So, That's, and also, you, like we already mentioned, everything about you smell, your pee smells fantastic. So it didn't. didn't oh, yeah. Matter. Yeah. It's I'm just, very well hydrated. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to get that, like, that sort of terrible, like, uric acid. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Not with me. It's basically water, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. And we're back. Jackie, is there artists you would go to the bathroom on yourself for? Who would you wear adult diapers for? Uh, Radiohead, Kendrick, 
Um, I thought you said Hendrix. Hendrix, bro. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, Jack. Yeah. Those yeah, are kind of the big ones. Radiohead I've seen a number of times, and they're always great. And Kendrick I've never seen, so I really want to see. I remember, actually, on the subject of, I didn't have any diapers, but I encountered a, I guess, a video game arcade machine for one of the first times I was about nine or ten years old, and I was so delighted by it. Maybe I was a bit younger, maybe six or seven, but definitely uh, wet myself while playing the game. Because um... <laughs> out of pure excitement, or you're like, I can't let this go. <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, I was like beating level two, and I was like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't let this go. I get it. But totemic memories, maybe the soiled diaper could be the clue as to whether or not you're already there. Yes. For Taylor's, That's right. for Taylor's concerts. Just yeah. everyone strap on an adult diaper, and then, yeah. you know? Are we assuming this is mainly number number one, or some number right. two action in the... In yeah, you just, like, you put on the diapers, and then you blink, and suddenly the diaper is full, <laughs> and you're back at your house with, like, <laughs> a glow bracelet around your wrist. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> full diaper. Like, what is that what smell? A, yeah. I was... I was there. <laughs> no, Are you, you were experienced? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jimmy where Kendricks. were we? Where were we? Where I were mean, we? Uh, Chris Christie is going to announce his doomed presidential run, I guess, in next Tuesday in New Hampshire. So see you next Tuesday. We'll, uh, we'll, look, we'll all look forward to that, Chris. What does he think he's going to do? Just debase himself and humiliate himself all over again like he did in 2016? That is the that is the main thing that this news has brought is like people being like, so what's the play here? Like what does he think he's it ain't doing? Winning. Yeah, he's he's definitely not gonna win. But does he know that? Does he know he's not gonna win? Some people are theorizing that he is being asked by other Republicans to come in as like the sniper who can insult Trump. So right. he comes in and during the debate, he smears Trump and that allows Nikki Haley and like DeSantis and all the other people who aren't willing to to continue to run without. So that th- is the this... dumbest idea I've yeah. ever heard. Whoever <laughs> yes. even that's not doesn't even make sense politically. It's like, well, you be mean to him so the other people don't have to. It's like, well, Trump's just going to tear their asses down, too. So then what? Yeah. Yeah. Is, exactly. Is Christie going to be Chris Christie gonna be like, hey. Leave Nikki alone, motherfucker. Like, (laughs) he's not. He's going to fucking, he's going to fold like a motherfucking, uh, like a fucking chair at an AA meeting. That's what's going to happen. He's going to collapse and that's all that's going to happen. And the only thing I can think of is that his ego, like people are gassing him up and he's on some Jimmy Butler, like revenge shit where he's like, I know I was humiliated, but this time (laughs) I'm going to go so hard. I may be able to win. Yeah. Don't do that to Jimmy Butler, man. Come on. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, I think he has, I think he may have that yeah. in his mind. Like he said, he's going to go so hard this time that maybe he can win because that's the one thing we've said. Whoever, the person with the most interesting chance is whoever can go the hardest at Trump. Yeah. but And none of them can do that. Christie, maybe people are theorizing he can, he, he cannot, he is not built for it. But yeah, I mean, like, the idea that he will come in in the debate and like take Trump down a notch or two <laughs> is ridiculous because like, you know, the Trump supporters are not waiting for the right piece of information to be revealed to then like be like, oh, I guess we were wrong like that. <laughs> right. That's not the thing. But I I don't doubt that that could be like something that other candidates are hoping 
will happen because we've seen like misguided strategy, political strategies all the time. But the thing that makes it makes me highly skeptical that he is like basically lead blocker for DeSantis, Pence, Haley and others is that like that is just not how narcissistic megalomaniacs operate. Like he is not doing this because he thinks it will benefit somebody else. He is doing it because he thinks it will benefit him because he thinks he has an outside chance. I'm sure. Maybe, um, maybe he'll get Rick Santorum's chair on CNN as the the reward for his. uh, his And he's already on CNN. He already has everything. He's already got everything everything he wants. Dream of, yeah. Yeah. You must, you have to wonder, I mean, where, I mean, I guess he's going to raise some money. I mean, it's these entirely quixotic decisions where they come from. And I mean, yeah, the idea of him well, there's, like a, there's already a white huge, knight in this scenario is not very plausible. It looks like there's a gigantic super PAC already sent, set up for him. So there's clearly really? the donor class thinks there's something about him running that could help. I don't know in what way, but I don't know. I mean, like, I would. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I'm curious to see if anyone has what it takes to get Trump like a little bit frazzled with their like rhetorical style, like Trump does with his. Like I don't know. Like if you, if Chris Christie was just super like sarcastic on a debate stage, would that help? He's like, yeah, Donald, that's a really good idea, guy. <laughs> like, what does that do? Like versus Donald Trump is an un-American tyrant doing that kind of thing, like trying to be like speaking yeah. truth to power. I don't know. I feel like you have to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. You baby. Like take it, take the discourse yeah. there. But there were, there are probably people who would be successful at that. They're probably not career politicians. No, so. no. Yeah. I mean, that would be that'd be a fun thing to be a plant just to like <laughs> blow up the debate stage every time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Coke Brothers, if you're yeah. interested, I'm willing to offer my services to debase myself <laughs> on a debate stage. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, Oz, it's been such a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people find you, follow you, hear you? All that good stuff. Well, I got a Twitter at Oswaloshin, and the podcast is called Silence the Radio Murders, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts, including, of course, the iHeartRadio app. Of course. Where we all of listen to course, our, our of podcast. Of course. I should download that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but thank you so much for having me back on, yeah. back on the show. Was Thanks a, for was, doing it. It was a pleasure. Is there a work of uh, media that you've been enjoying? Well, I, I'm not sure if you followed the um, Radio Lab guy, Latif Nasser's tweet thread about the Afghan violinist. It was about a month ago, but... Basically, he got asked to bring a violin from the East Coast to the West Coast to give to this Afghan guy. And um, the guy was kind of hard to pin down, and Latif was annoyed with him. But finally, they met up, and he re- realized when they met up, like, why he was hard to pin down, because he was working, like, you know, four jobs and didn't have, you know, some of the right cell contract or whatever it was. But he gave him the violin, and turned out the guy had been one of the violinists on Afghan Star, which was... Afghanistan's answer to American Idol until the Taliban came back in 2021. And now this guy has the violin. And not only that, uh, I think Latif organized this um, big campaign to raise uh, funds to basically relaunch the guy's music career in the US, which is which is very heartwarming. And actually, one of our next uh, shows about it at Kaleidoscope is called Afghan Star. And it's all about kind of what happened to the producers and, and singers from that show, many of whom are now living in Istanbul. So it's, it's, it's an amazing story. It's obviously a sad one, but also kind of uplifting that this, this music still provides some community. And so 
you know, you never know uh, when you're out and about in, in wherever you live, you know, who who the person working at the mall or the Uber driver I and mean, what their story might be. And so, yeah, I was, I was very cheered by, by that one. And, and, and just the, you know, the idea of uh, the power of music, you know, you have to make, make you forget or, or uh, you wear diapers when you're listening to it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I was, uh, I thought that was very moving and, uh, and I, I came across it on Twitter. So shout out to Elon. God, what if there was <laughs> just a piece of music that was so good that it made everybody soil them immediately like that just, yeah. that's that's a little no peace on earth i think that's that right. is the dawning <laughs> of the age of aquarius actually miles where can people find you what is the work of media you've been enjoying find me at miles of gray where they got at symbols uh find jack and i miles and jack got mad boosties if you like the nba talk that's where we do that and if you like to hear trash reality talk i do that with sophie alexandra on 420 day fiance uh let's see uh i don't really have uh, any tweets that i've liked recently uh but i will say i just started watching the new season of the other two and that okay. shit has been bringing a smile to my face i'm only one episode so in but i'm already fucking <laughs> it's just so fucking good man that show is great yeah. so i i really am enjoying season three of i think you should leave which dropped yesterday i'm like i have a pact with like two friends like are we gonna watch, it, watch together? it together if like yeah. i haven't done this kind of shit since I was a child or like maybe in college, they'd be like, yeah, we're watching it together. I just, I needed it yesterday. I just locked myself in my office and watched it for like an hour and a half. And it was great. <laughs> just, just choking back like all the laughter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh good. I like to hear that. Yeah. Miles has seen what I think you should leave does to me. In public, it's yeah. not dissimilar to the Taylor Swift thing. Not really. A uh, tweet I've been enjoying, Jamie Loftus, uh, at Jamie Loftus Help, tweeted, my Algebra 2 teacher has found my book about hot dogs. Uh, again, her book, Raw Dog, The Naked Truth About Hot Dogs, came out last week. And she screencapped this message. Speak your piece. Saw a piece of you in The Week magazine. I had you as a math student at Brockton. Great to see you doing well. Congratulations. My ask, Colin, what? <laughs> work the importance of math into your work. It is a big ask, but people need to hear the message. Hope you are well. Oh, so if no. you have ever had a teacher who, you know, you, you didn't like or who made you feel badly about yourself, just understand they're probably like socially maladapted weirdo who, you know. Would, would go on social media and be like, hey, could you make your next book about math the thing that I taught you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> two, but then it like bums me out because you know like how, like whatever that teacher is up against, like kids just don't give a fuck about math no more. <laughs> Can you put it in your hot dog book? Yeah. Instead of hot dogs, how about some hot <laughs> math problems? How about some hot logarithms? <laughs> hot logs. <laughs> <laughs> And then this was the tweet that I think I was referencing yesterday or on a recent episode. Uh, Luke at Luke O'Neill 47 tweeted, smoking is a gross, deadly habit. Wouldn't recommend it at all. I nonetheless do it and it rules. That said, <laughs> it is honestly shocking that the anti-smoking campaigns of 20 plus years ago actually worked in the U.S. Don't think they would if started now real under the wire shit there. It, it is. It's yeah. just crazy how much that. And, and I don't think... Like, Oz, when you go back to Europe, like, is how, how much more prevalent is smoking there than it is in the U.S.? It's wild. I mean, especially in uh, in France, it's like 
everyone smoking. It's still the like, 80s there. Yeah. It's still the 80s. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I, I can't imagine. It's, it's also, it was, I was genuine. I was there quite recently. I was genuinely puzzling this very thing. It's like, how can every young person just smoke the whole time here? It's bizarre, yeah. but they do. Yeah. Anyways, it, it worked. Those campaigns worked, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that's why Americans are so miserable. You can find me on Twitter at... That's not the reason, by the way. Don't start smoking. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter Cigarettes. at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist. On Instagram, we have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Footnote. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what is the song that you think people might enjoy? Oh, man. Uh, let's go out on this track by a Australian producer called Koru. I think I have that right. Yeah, Q-O-R-U. Uh, and, yeah, worked with some other, like, kind of, like, more underground rappers uh, that I'd heard of, uh, like, making beats for them. And then I said, oh, let me see what their so solo beat making work is like. And this track is called Rest off an album called Intoxicated, or it's like a sort of mixtape kind of thing. There's also like a, a remix to uh, Butterfly by Crazy Town. Like he's sampling Butterfly by Crazy Town in kind of an interesting way. But anyway, yes. this track is called Rest by Koru. Q-O-R-U. Check it out. There you go. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.